Hey guys, um, welcome. Today's Wednesday, the 20th of May. So right now we have Kelsey and Jonathan from DLP Realty in Pennsylvania. And we're gonna chat about, you know, Pennsylvania being the last um, state in the country to actually get real estate back as a essential service. And that was a special announcement that just happened last night. Uh, so we're gonna talk about that today, but first off, let's introduce uh, Jonathan and Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey, would you like to start? Sure. Um, I'm a real estate specialist with DLP Realty. Um, our, our headquarters is in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and I've been with the company for about five years. Nice. Awesome. What about you, Jonathan? Yeah, I've uh, been in real estate uh, 10 plus years now and uh, run a team uh, in uh, Pennsylvania and uh, in parts of New Jersey as well. And I uh, did a little over 2,000 transactions last year and uh, just uh, with a small team, about 21 agents. Uh, so it's been a, a really, really good uh, venture for sure. And uh, uh, just excited um, uh, to be back open. Um, I, I just, my blood's still pumping. Uh, so. I'm sure you guys, you guys heard about that last night, right? Yeah, um, it was uh, it was an emotional roller coaster for sure. Because uh, in the morning, uh, our governor vetoed a bill that would open us uh, back up, and then uh, and then randomly, uh, end of day news, he said, "Hey, um, you guys are back up and running statewide." Um, obviously, with a lot of showing restrictions in place, which we can get get into. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely an emotional ride for sure. Yesterday. So what happened yesterday? Like you mentioned, the afternoon he vetoed it, and then he came back. He gave a response and says, "You guys can open it up back up." as a central service. So what did your office do? What did you guys uh, do? Yeah, so the funny thing is, is uh, during this whole time, uh, during our shutdown, so we've been shut down since March 16th, so uh, over two months. And uh, really uh, what I mean by shut down is we were not allowed to take photos of any properties. We were not allowed to enter any vacant homes. Uh, we had very, very strict uh, orders. Uh, where uh, what we did is we shifted. Uh, so we decided, hey, we're not gonna just sit around and, and let let our governor dictate everything that we have. So we we said, hey, we're, we're gonna be able to still provide home uh, uh, selling services and, and help people uh, show and, and sell a house uh, virtually. So we went 100% virtual um, where they weren't allowed to go into the home at all, uh, like I said, including vacant homes. So what we did was we uh, implemented uh, some pretty cool uh, techniques where we actually had our home sellers take their own video walkthroughs and mm -hmm. we had our home, own home sellers jump on like a Zoom call and, and walk our buyers uh, through the through the properties and answer uh, questions. So the transparency that we were able to build over the last 60 days really, um, like between the home seller and the home buyer relationship has been an absolutely incredible journey. And uh, funny thing is, yeah, we, we slowed down from a home sales standpoint where we're used to selling about, or putting homes under contract about three to four a day. Um, but uh, we went down to about one a day. So uh, a little over one a day. So uh, definitely uh, took a hit, but at the same time, it didn't stop us. Um, uh, we were still uh, continuing to, to move forward. So how did like, you know, when, that's a big change from saying, you know, you said March 13th, the uh, Pennsylvania shut down all real estate services and you guys are opening back up uh, in a sense that you're doing everything virtually and you're having to work with your buyers, your sellers and coordinate everything being virtual and um, setting up your client, teaching your clients, guiding them on how to actually show their house, how to talk about it and, you know, uh, and provide information and then teaching your buyers, you know, here's how we can go check out houses, schedule virtual tours, schedule our virtual open houses, ask questions, sight unseen, and still doing deals during that time period, you know, being less from four a day to one a day, that's still really good being that you can't, you know, physically see a house. Okay. And how did your sellers take that? Like, how did they take that challenge to change and to the pace? Yeah, go ahead, Kelsey. I mean, your front lines with that. 
for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, so you could deal with it two ways. You know, we had some people who decided they weren't going to participate in this. Um, and then, you know, there was the, the stance that we took was that we are going to take this head on and provide the solutions to our sellers to, to give them that confidence back um, because there was a lot of fear and a lot of paranoia that was being um, obviously created with the virus. Um, and that was it. You know, we had uh, over communication with our clients. Um, we sent out updates to them every time there was a change with the legislation, every time they tried to pass a bill. Um, we sent them updates on the coronavirus and safety regulations. And then the biggest thing that we were doing was just making sure that they knew that we knew what was going on. We were making sure our clients were safe and we were providing those solutions. And we had, uh, we had um, tutorials that we sent out, you know, here's how to take a video of your home. Here's how to use Zoom and do a Zoom meeting with the buyers and the sellers. Um, and, you know, we really did a lot for them. And I think that showed with all the properties that we managed to put under agreement and close um, through that period. Nice. And then, uh, go ahead. No, good. You want to add? Uh, uh, so <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you do that and you switch over to virtual, like, um, are, you, are lenders allowed to get appraisals? Are you allowed to get inspectors? Are you allowed to, you know, what can, so, you, what can you do? Uh, there wasn't a lot we could do. So uh, the crazy thing is what we were doing is uh, we put the home under contract and it was either, hey, you're going to buy this site unseen or uh, we'll make a contingent upon you seeing the home via like inspection. Um, so yeah, home inspectors were not allowed to enter any, any homes uh, and appraisers were not allowed to enter any homes. So the mortgage industry actually shifted. A lot of underwriters were actually allowing um, uh, what do you, drive by appraisals, and uh, we saw a big shift uh, from the mortgage industry there. So the mortgage companies weren't shut down; they were actually able to still perform on the loan, um, but they couldn't. Um, title companies, uh, we have title companies here. We don't really deal with attorneys in Pennsylvania. So with our title companies, uh, what they were doing is they weren't allowed to do any in-office uh, closings. So what they were doing is they were doing some unique things where they would host them outside. Um, they would have uh, like a tent set up outside, and then the buyer would be in there, and then the title officer would be uh, like in his car reading uh, the, the same documents to him. So uh, the, the shift of, of just getting stuff done and, and getting it done uh, was in high gear. And, and it was. It was all about over-communication and, and really bringing the consumer uh, the confidence that they needed uh, during that time. Because what we noticed is buyers are still buying and sellers are still selling, and, and they, want it, they want it to get transactions done. Yes, some, some of them uh, did not, and, and they wanted to be on pause. Uh, others were like, hey, I need to move. I need to do something. My life situation is changing. Um, so we were there to shift and, and do whatever we needed to do to, to make that happen. Could you imagine that, like, you know, looking back now, March is quite a bit of, so over 60 days ago, seven, almost 70 days now, right? Or yeah. probably, I, I kind of lost count. It's just like, you know, Groundhog's Day over and over and over and over, mm -hmm. especially when you guys have family, you have kids and everything. Um, could you imagine this? It's already been so long that it's been going on. And I'm glad you guys had made a shift right away and that you guys have focused on how to, how can we help serve our sellers and buyers? And mm -hmm. how do we move forward with the challenges we have ahead? A lot of people just, you know, hunker down and close their eyes and hide in a hole and they don't move forward. They don't think about how do I help best help serve my clients and how do we get through these and how do we teach them and, and guide them and uh, motivate them to get what their goals are in terms of like, you know, upgrading, downgrading, um, relocating. And that's good. You guys are definitely doing that and helping all your clients go through that. Uh, how did the buyers take it when, like, how do they feel when they're trying to buy a house virtually? Uh, how do they feel? <laughs> uh, so it's funny. Uh, some of them, uh, they just need that confidence, uh, the consumer confidence. So for us, uh, what it shifted into was like, hey, 
if we can get that agent, if we can get that home seller on a Zoom call and have them walk the buyer through. So what we would do is we'd set it up with the buyer and we say, hey, buyer, um, what we're going to do is we're going to actually get you access to the home. We're going to get you even better uh, ex- in a, a better experience because you have to imagine like right now uh, you're just standard in your typical real estate transaction your home seller is leaving the property they're taking their dog they're taking their family they're vacating the property you're allowing the buyer to walk through the home with an agent that most likely doesn't know much about the property anyway and then they're going to ask very specific questions about the home and then what are you going to say as an agent oh hey uh, i'm going to get back to you about that or i'll follow up with the seller about that um, so what we did is we we understood that psychology and we said well, why don't we just go right to the home seller and say, hey, uh, you guys both understand that we're not going to go into negotiation phases here, but we are going to ask some tough questions here. And uh, if you're open to answering them, uh, they will. So uh, just bring that consumer confidence to both sides of it because the home seller is like, well, why does this buyer want to buy my house sight and seed? And the home buyer is like, hey, I, I want to take advantage of this because uh, I realize that as soon as the these bands are lifted. And as soon as we can show these properties, we understand that we might lose out on our dream home here. So uh, we want to at least reserve our dream home going into this. So we always understood what the consumers were saying. And uh, we just had to formulate solutions around it. Nice. And then the ones who wanted to buy, I'm sure they got to, you know, find the house they like, have a little more opportunity to see all of them in, in depth. I think, especially with uh, 3D and um, having all the videos, you can actually see the house even better than physically walking it because you can actually sit there and zoom through each and every room, look yep. at the kind of style, the shape, the even you can see with a good uh, professional cameras, you can even see the details and even any damages. Yep. It's kind of nice to like, be able to look at it for more than five minutes and say, Hey, I actually like this house. I actually like the lighting. I can look throughout the day, you know? Exactly. Cool. If they had a time lapse of the whole day, so you can look at each room and how the lighting shifts, you know? Yeah, we didn't we didn't do that one, but that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I actually thought about doing that one for my client because she had a house in Pacifica with all the ocean beach views and you can see the dolphins outside and everything. <laughs> I should have just like time lapse the whole thing and watch the season change. That's awesome. That'd be a lot I, of- I have I have had a, a, a buyer sleep in a home overnight um, oh, wow. to get to get the feeling of what it was like to live in the home for twenty four hours. Uh, <laughs> the seller allowed it, and uh, it actually got the deal done. Uh, so. Nice. I haven't heard of most sellers not not wanting to allow that just in case something happens. But that's you know definitely something I heard people talk about before, and it, it's a good way to you know have people kind of get a little experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not common. <laughs> it's not. It's not common at all. I. I even had a one client moved all his furniture in before he closed. He said, "I have everything ordered here." I'm like, "Thanks for the surprise. You actually need to wait." But he goes, "He couldn't wait, and he did it." I'm like, "All right. I guess that works. I'm glad you closed." That's awesome. <laughs> nice. Okay. So now that you know, you guys are back up and running. And that's today's day one now. And you're yeah, literally take- less than a day. Yeah, less it, than a day. It, it, the news dropped about set, like six, seven o'clock last night. Yeah. And so our association went into scramble mode. They're creating all these documents and attorneys were reviewing the governor's orders. I mean, all sorts of things were happening overnight. So, so what kind of like uh, special requirements are they uh, doing in forms are they doing? Um, so nothing crazy with the forms right now. So uh, what we have to do is we have to limit the showings. Uh, or I'm sorry, we have to limit the people that attend showings uh, mm-hmm. to one agent and two people maximum. Okay. Um, so uh, that's that's fine uh, with us. Um, and then uh, we have to wear uh, f- uh, face protection um, at all times uh, mm-hmm. during that. Uh, they're not requiring gloves. They're not requiring booties or anything like that. Um, and uh, they just have to stagger the, the uh, uh, showings to a minimum of 30 minutes. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, 30 minutes between each showing because they expect that you clean up after yourself if you touched anything in the home, but they highly encourage 
um, not touching anything in the house while you are there. Um, so we prep our sellers to like turn on lights, open up blinds, uh, make sure everything is uh, ready for that uh, home buyer tour. Nice. So they're actually allowing uh, vacant and occupied homes. And I'm sure yes. they're assuming the seller steps out during the time period. They go in and you open it up. So like in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, what we've been doing too is that they you know, definitely need masks and you want to have gloves, you want to have shoe covers. Um, the agent would you know, open the door or the seller if they're you know, opening the door, setting everything up. Mm -hmm. uh, and you want to make sure to tell the clients they have to sign a, a form actually they have to sign a form stating the fact that they know they're walking into a house there is a coronavirus addendum and here's the rules and they have to um kind of release liability to that mm -hmm. and if they're open to it they can do it uh we recommend wearing gloves and wearing booties giving new booties and gloves each time uh and then what happens is after the agent opens the door agent stands outside the client can go walk around the whole house uh two people max in the family and no kids allowed and go through don't touch anything after the showing is done you know they, they come out keep your social distancing then later you do your cleaning service to it and hopefully people follow that role within it and um it's definitely a great way to stay safe and one thing for me is i prefer uh, all clients even agents wear booties and gloves just to have extra protection and not touch anything and your shoes you know carries uh, viruses and stuff yeah so just buying like lots of loads of that so they can walk through and feel comfortable for especially people who live at in homes mm -hmm. so that's that's a good way a uh, good practice for how we're doing doing it over here in california yeah. it's a great way so, something right. to add to it you know and mm -hmm. um go from that route and i think people feel more comfortable with that yeah. and uh what we do too is like they ask try to do all your virtual showings first try to get everything mm -hmm. a scene understood disclosures review everything and you're really serious then we'll sc uh, schedule a private tour yep yeah, same thing uh, on our side. I mean, they gave us like 20 different guidelines uh, to, to really abide by. Uh, so obviously I didn't <laughs> go through every single one of them there. Yeah, because um, you just got it. Exactly. Um, but very, very similar things as far as uh, virtual things. And also, if you just think about it from a consumer standpoint, it makes more sense. I mean, why would you not want to just spend more time with your family? You get home from work and it's like, hey, I want to go see these 10 houses. Do you really want to go see those 10 houses? Um, or does it make more sense for me to show them to you virtually while you're eating dinner with your family? Hey, let's walk through these homes and let's narrow it down to one or two. And then we'll go see them uh, either tonight or tomorrow um, and uh, really, really get you more uh, uh, heavily focused here. That is a great way. And I think one thing you could do with that is, uh, for example, if you set up like a you streamer, for example, and you set up your virtual tour and you can line it up as a showing. So you set up each property, you have all the videos lined up in your queue. You can mm -hmm. show each property at one at a time and go through it and they can comment back on each of those properties. And if they like it, they can keep going. If they don't like it, skip through it. Yeah. But you can build up that. If you do 3D Matterport, they can just show virtually, you know, use Zoom or StreamYard, show their screen, show the videos of each room, let them get a feel for that. So it's kind of a different experience. I think one thing we're actually talking about at our company is um, doing uh, Frame.io. With Frame.io, you can do virtual, so you can have your headset goggles, you can walk through the house, you, could, you can be there in person as an avatar, see mm -hmm. them, uh, show them the house, and they can be at home doing viewing that kind of different experience. That's so awesome. that's kind of a new model too, and something mm -hmm. that they're working on. So you drop in your 3D Matterport into the system, and then you get a virtual world that you hop into. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so it's, awesome. I think times are changing. Yeah, times are changing. I mean, the great thing about this whole experience is is just yeah, the new normal that, that are coming out of this and the technologies that they were always there, um, but nobody was. Now you're forced to use them, um, so it, it's really, really cool. Yeah. 
I think that's a, uh, one of the biggest shifts in real estate right now is like teaching agents, teaching buyers and sellers the new norm and how to shift and how to think uh, before thinking and go with the changes in technology. And this is actually accelerating everything in, across all businesses out there that, hey, here's the new world. Here's how things are going. It's actually way more efficient, too. And for me, like I actually came from a technology background uh, doing you know, military grade encryption security. And I, our companies were, were forward thinking for years ahead. Like even today, they're still like 10, 15 years ahead. You haven't seen this stuff, but we've been doing it for 10, 15 years in tech. But seeing that change is like, okay, now things are coming up and these things are, should kind of, it's actually better. Like for example, how many listing appointments can you go on virtually now? You want to schedule a listing appointment? You can just schedule online, help my Zoom call. Okay. Let's talk about what you want, your goals and everything. And if it makes sense, then we can meet in person if you and go through the house. Let's do all the virtual stuff first. And then go from there. And a lot of uh, top producers are actually realizing that, like, hey, I'm going to keep this forever. Even if we get rid of shelter in place, I'm going to keep my virtual uh, listing appointments, my Zoom calls, my showings. And then it makes sense. I'll come visit you. How much time do I gain from that? And I have more time back for my families. I'm sure everyone wants that. Exactly. Less driving, more safety. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the really exciting thing. I mean, in Pennsylvania, um, one of the simplest ones that's just been driving me nuts for many, many years is uh, people going to closings. It just never made sense to me. Like, why are we going to closings um, when all of this can be handled? Like, I don't need to meet the buyer or seller all the time. And it's just always been driving me nuts because uh, closing and title companies were not allowing e-signatures at all. Um, well, guess what? That shifted completely during this time. And uh, now we're actually able to handle closings virtually and, and all sorts of things. Yeah, like who wants to go to a closing and sit there for an hour just to go through all these paper shuffling and you're <laughs> sitting there just waiting for them. And I appreciate you being there and being supportive to them. But the, really, when they ask questions, the question gets directed back to the escrow officer anyways. Exactly. So there's no really question. And if they ask you, oh, can you verify my um, good faith estimate? Well, technically, you already verified that two three days ago. You kind of helped them look at it, but it still goes back to the escrow and lender to double verify all the numbers. And if anything happens, they'll credit you back at the end of it. Exactly. But So I didn't understand that too. So actually, I've been in real estate for 13 years. I only went to three closings in my 13 years. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, after this, actually, you know, clients, I just want to let you know, here's how the closing process works. I'm here for you. Call me, text me, email me, anything you need during that closing yeah. time period. But we already took a look at this together. We already discussed everything. And here's what you're going to do. They're going to sit there and go through all the paperwork. Today, I'm glad they're doing more e-signings, more documentation up front. Today, they're saying, hey, let's DocuSign everything I physically can DocuSign online. Anything I need you in person for, we're going to make it like five, 10 minutes. You're going to come here, sit six feet away on a table in the open space in a parking lot in public. You're going to thumbprint all these documents, and then that's it. I'm walking away, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm glad they're actually shifting to that because it just saves time. It actually saves errors from human error too because you already pre-thought out everything and yeah. automated it further. Yeah, so. error, I mean, just the confusion around everything. And then just sometimes it's, as you know, uh, real estate transactions are so emotional and, and you, know, you have all those emotions just sitting around the table, just sitting there. And uh, yeah, it's, so it's interesting for sure. And they're watching you sitting there too. So they're probably wondering, what are you doing? You're just sitting here with me, you know, and you're smiling and happy because you're helping them. But like, you know, you're not, do, you're not serving your other clients at the same time and serving the best purpose of your, your time. Right. So it's kind of it's kind of different now. Like things are changing, like how it's moving. Even lenders too, mm -hmm. lenders are becoming way more efficient, and they're trying to figure out how to um, do everything online. Like a lot of most lenders I, over here, at least, have everything digital. Applications, digital forms are digital. You upload everything to the website. Some of them still have problems. Like um, 
one of the big uh, companies out there, you can't. You have to upload one document at a time. You cannot drag drop. You cannot uh, select all. You cannot upload a zip. You cannot give them a Google, Google Drive link. Wow, like this great. is ridiculous. Like, and one of my other favorite. Uh, so we've been pushing. Uh, uh, so we partnered with Rently and, and a couple different like self showing uh, uh, companies, and we've had self showing lockboxes on a lot of our vacant properties for a long time, and we've been educating consumers throughout the actually like two years now uh, of how to do it. And it's so funny because consumers are like, why would why would I want to tour a home without an agent? Um, and then you have some consumers that just absolutely love it, and then the agents are like, why would a consumer even do that? And now looking at it, um, all these consumers are like, yeah, I want that no matter what. Agents are like, yeah, I would love to just send somebody to a house by themselves and then get the feedback now. So it's just funny to see the whole shift when they're forced into doing something um, uh, with everything they have going on. I think it's just the part of the change. Like most people are just used to the way it is, just the way we've been doing it for the past 20 years or 100 years, you know, and they're not used to change until they're being forced to change. And once yeah. they're being forced, they realize, hey, this is actually so much better. We should have done this a long time ago. Yeah, we, <laughs> we told you a long time ago, but you just didn't want to do it, you know? This yeah. is how we experienced it because, you know, innovator, forward thinkers want to try new things because they learn from it right away. And if either it's good or bad, and they change, learn from the experience on how to improve it. Yep. So yeah, even like you said, so they can buyers can go themselves to open houses and check it out themselves and just walk in with the lockbox in the. They can, yeah. So what they, they do is, uh, yeah, it's either facial recognition or mm -hmm. your credit card, and uh, what it'll do is it'll verify who you are, um, and then uh, it'll allow them into the property, and we can control that manually. Um, so uh, well. We can't do any open houses, so there's no open houses. Uh, obviously, there's there's a ban to that right now. But uh, yes, um, we're able to get them into a home uh, at any time uh, with our vacant properties, um, as long as the homeowner is open to it. And uh, yeah, we're able to get them in. And then we have a whole feedback system that we're able to walk them through the process um, and uh, get the feedback from them directly. And uh, consumers want that. Uh, I mean, uh, how annoying is it to to want to go see a home and then you're stuck trying to get a hold of an agent that might not know anything about the property and it's like hey just go see it um and, and we'll get all the feedback that's that's amazing because we actually don't have that here yet we have lockboxes, bluetooth but the agent has to open the door you know be there mm -hmm. and everything else we don't have access to that i know there are systems out there and all the technologies out there but mm -hmm. it just hasn't been adopted over here yet one i understand is liability like hey they have access i understand you give me id your credit card everything but and your key your phone but at the same time like what happens if they damage stuff but mm -hmm. when you look at it what's the agent gonna do if they're damaging stuff anyways are they it's gonna the sit there thing. Same thing. I'm just going to watch you. And I saw it, but at the same time, I saw it using your phone and your ID getting it's in. It's the anyway. same thing. And, and then it, it uses very old technology. It's called Z-Wave technology. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, with the Z-Wave technology, I mean, the cool thing is you can hook it up to thermostats. So you can set, check the room temperature um, at any given time. And you can also put motion sensors in the houses. And they're little, like, little balls that go into the corners of everything. So you can actually track the movement of somebody that's walking through a home. And uh, the data that you can collect from that is pretty amazing. Uh, so you can uh, really tell homeowners when they're, when they're thinking about, oh, hey, what uh, house projects should I really uh, focus on uh, right now um, and a lot of times you're just shooting off your hip and you're like well you should do this or that or this or that but imagine having the data behind it saying that hey we understand that when a homeowner walks into a home this is where they head first this is the room that they head to first because we track that movement we know what's going on so then we can go to the the homeowner and say well based on our data we're able to say that hey um, Ninety percent of people they go to the kitchen immediately. So let's focus on your kitchen, making your kitchen look like the best thing possible. Nice. That's definitely a, a smart way to do it. And getting that data, I'm sure, like even like Amazon, um, Alexa, you know, and like you know, 
Google and Apple, if they start adding that in, I'm sure they're already trying to do that for the smart homes mm -hmm. and just seeing that data as a real estate agent and being able to provide instant feedback to your clients, you know, and I understand the privacy and everything, but this is just general data and you can see a number of counts of, you know, people walking in, how long they stay, yeah, understanding right. that. And I think that will become more and more of the future. And especially I think hotels when they can would adopt all that. So they understand the, the capacity and everything that's going on and the usage of the building, the locations and everything. So it's like, I see that that's a great way for the uh, future and how real estate will, what will happen to real estate mm -hmm. and all the changes that are being adopted right now. Like you're testing everything in 2020, you're testing everything out there and people are trying to like find solutions and be innovative. And how do we stay, keep everyone safe and how do we provide even better services and forcing you to be more uh, virtual and you know less physical that's a good challenge for companies out there and you see to, even today like i keep posting about all these companies are closing their offices down all these companies are giving um permanent work from home access like twitter like a square right mm -hmm. and that's a huge change like you're gonna say permanent you're not even saying next month or when whenever shelter in place opens you're, you're saying permanent or end of year like mm -hmm. why the sudden shift right to that one is, of course, they save a lot of money. Two is safety and liability. Mm -hmm. Three is comfortability, right? And four, now you can have a worldwide talent pool. You can you can buy, you can live anywhere now. Like, do mm -hmm. you need to live in San Francisco? You can live anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and you're gonna see that globally. I mean, you're gonna see a definitely a transformation um, in our different markets. You're gonna see an exodus a, a lot of times out of those big cities. And uh, the suburban areas are going to blow up a little bit more. And yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what it just happens on a global scale uh, from an economic yeah. standpoint. How has Pennsylvania been like um, since the shelter in place? Like when you guys had the market, was it hot right before it? And how's the market today? Uh, very hot. <laughs> uh, very hot. So um, yeah, we're, we're still in a very uh, a big seller's market. I mean, our average days on market is about 17 days. Um, mm -hmm. Home does not last long. Our inventory is so low. Um, so to put it in perspective, uh, we are not San Francisco. We're not millions of people. Um, uh, our, our demographic is about 600,000 people. Um, yet, um, just last week, and it's climbing a little bit right now, is we had 987 homes on the market um, available. So mm -hmm. Um, the amount of homes that are available in our marketplace is is very very low. So new construction opportunities and 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 affordable housing is is a very very big need in our area. Um, and I mean we're about sixty miles north of Philadelphia and about uh, 60, 80 miles uh, west of New York City. So um, a lot of these towns um, uh, when they're looking um, for suburban areas um, and and it's a mass exodus right now um, of a lot of those areas. So. Um, yeah, so we're running into inventory shortage for sure. So even yeah. during this whole shutdown, we were experiencing multiple offers every single day. That's a good thing to hear. And I'm glad you guys are having that experience. And especially during the time period here and people being willing to open to, you know, still continue to get loans. Um, for example, loans over here have been really hard. A lot of investor loans have got dropped. It's only purchase loans, no more refinances, no more investor loans, mm -hmm. uh, jumbo loans, you know, and yeah. it has to be like pre-existing clients sometimes if preferred clients. And the rates are you know fluctuating every day, mm -hmm. um, but then the challenge is: can you get through it? Can you actually close? There have been uh, some loans that says clear to close, actually almost clear to close. On a day of closing, they actually don't pull the trigger and fund it, <laughs> and then the uh, seller and buyer have to go to major issues of you know debating about the earnest money. Yeah. So like the people who can actually close, um, hopefully they're getting good deals and getting through it. But that's been the challenge for loans over here. Yeah, like the investor world is completely different for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, that, all that funding has dried up um, for the most part. Commercial financing, all of that um, is dried up.
So you have like normal purchases, normal houses, and normal normal price points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the jumbo loans here have been tough too. Just even if like houses here on average, let's say like starting point one point two million for something that's not great. You have to remodel it, right? Uh, some areas like one point eight million the average, and you need to spend two hundred thousand just to fix it up to live in it comfortably. You know, yeah. gets really expensive really quickly. Good thing is we don't deal with the jumbo loans as much. Our average price point is about two hundred thirty thousand. So yeah, <laughs> that is completely different. You guys have to sell a lot of uh, units to yeah. help a lot of clients out. So then, like the goals, like you said, you guys did two thousand uh, deals last year. Two thousand eighty-nine deals last year, yeah. With a thirty average of thirty people. Uh, yeah, twenty-nine to be exact, uh, agent-wise. Um, but yeah. Wow, twenty-nine—that's a lot of deals. Uh, yes, Kelsey does a lot of deals. <laughs> <laughs> How do you even do that? Go ahead, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the only way that I would possibly be able to, uh, do as many deals as I did, I did 80 deals last year, um, with my two little, little toddlers running around, um, was because we have a, a team system here at DLP that our CEO, Don Wenner, uh, developed. Um, he has, he has separated the size into, um, you know, buying specialists and, um, you know, listing specialists. And then on top of that, we also have, um, you know, closing managers. We own our own marketing company. Um, we also have a lot of access because we, we own our own property management company and have leasing specialists. And it's basically, a, it's a one-stop shop. Um, and it's all, it's all basically a team of 40 people that one agent's working with. So whether you have a buyer specialist or a listing specialist, that person will have access to about 40 people to help get the deal done. Um, and it's a lot of different hands touching the deal and a lot of different eyes on the deal to make sure that it also closes, right? Um, so once you get that listing under agreement, um, you have the closing manager and um, several of the people on our team just making sure that everything is all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted, and um, we get to the finish line. So, yeah, I mean, Don really, really changed changed the game and uh, made it extremely efficient for us to get things done. We have a great CRM system. You know, the technology that we use, um, we actually developed first in Arizona. Someone made our own system for us. And then we switched over now um, to another system that was customized for us. So we've taken steps to make sure we're on top of things. Nice. That sounds like it. And being to be that efficient, and it is true, you know, real estate like has so many like hundreds of thousands of tasks to do. And there's no one person, one agent that can do all of it. Even with one TC, it's so hard to do. Uh, when you actually you know, start thinking about it and isolating specific areas of the task and having uh the you know specialized people in that in a department to help manage all of that one thing, it makes it so much more efficient and easy to understand and to get rid of human error and forgetfulness and just being over consumed by all these mundane tasks that need to be done. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you're able to be way more efficient, and provide more value to your client, and be on top of it and have a whole team like you said, forty people working on your one deal rather than one agent working on your one deal, mm-hmm. and that helps you you know tremendously to scale, right? Yeah. So you can just be your best at what you do, serve your clients and network and, you know, have communicate clear communications with them. And if they can see what's going on every day too, they're like, why wouldn't I want to hire you? Yeah. Why wouldn't I hire one person, pay them commission or why would I hire you? And I get 40 people. Yeah. It's a huge juggling act. And uh, yeah, that's why your average agent only sells like eight to 10 homes a year. Um, um, in your market, it might be good. <laughs> in our market, if you, if an average agent, some average agents only sell three to four when they should actually be selling a lot more than that. But if you sell eight here, that's great. That can like if what 
let's just say $1 million. That's $8 million already. That's not bad. Hit $10 million, that's great. Uh, some people hit $20, 30 $100 million. Uh, some, some teams hit $500 million, and that's insane, you know? And that that the numbers on the commissions and the checks is you know, tremendous, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And uh, I mean, the house is a house, it, regardless of location. It, it, the work is still similar to each other. The price point is just vastly different. Mm-hmm. And it is nice to be in a San Francisco market. It is nice to say, hey, okay, here's your house, 1.8 million, 1.2 million, 2.4 million, and just help them through it. If you can help, like one guy, you know, he goes, my average price point is 3 million. I help 10 people a year. I'm fine. I don't need to do t- more than 10 deals. I'm okay. I go enjoy life. I'm, I'm here for life. I'm not here to work like that. And then there's other people, yeah. it, other people have to hustle, right? And then like uh, our other uh, teammate, Sean Work, he does about 60 to 100 deals a year. His average price point is between 250 to 500. And, you know, yeah. he's he's like one of the number one agents, solo agents out there. He has an um, assistant and he has a team, but as a solo, he's crushing it too. Um, just doing like you he doesn't have a team of 40 people but i'm you know really impressed about how his his two assistants can still knock out 60 to 100 deals just for him alone mm-hmm. but you know doing 2000 with average 30 agents that's a lot of work mm-hmm. and you said you guys have you know property management you guys have other services as well right we do yeah i mean we're fully integrated uh, vertically um so i mean yeah uh, we have direct lending services we have uh, uh, property management uh, we bring it all in house um, title, mortgage, everything uh, in-house um, to really uh, help um, our, our consumers. That's the way to do it. It's kind of like um, Apple's ecosystem where if the more you bring everything in-house, the better it, the experience you can get, the more control you have, sure. the more that you can focus on any individual issues and say, hey, actually, that's the pain point we have. Let's fix it now rather than letting it a third-party vendor fix it on their timeline. Doesn't exactly. help your cli- Doesn't help your clients, right? Exactly. So exactly. you guys, um, I know you guys are both, you know, have families too. So how do you guys juggle that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. So I have, I have three boys. Three um, boys. So, okay. Yeah. I have three boys. So uh, for me, um, it's just, uh, I know how to shut it off when I need to shut it off. And uh, you have to, um, if not, you would absolutely drive yourself nuts. Um, so uh, I, I love it. Um, I'm able to uh, uh, get walks. I, I eat dinner with the family every single night. Um, but at the same time, uh, I, I know I know what I need to do during the day in order to accomplish something. So um, I'm very, very focused on my intentionality. I'm not going to let something uh, bother me that's just out of my control or it's just not going to get me to further my goals. So um, that, that, that's all it is. It's all about time management, uh, but being dedicated in that time uh, that you're spending. I think no, the number one part is that you have you have a, a a wife who's you know the better half of you that helps also juggle and manage that because you know juggling with three kids is a lot of work. It's like it's like three full time jobs for you know for one person, and if you're outside working, and you know during that time period they're juggling three jobs at the same minute. And I'm I'm impressed by my wife and how she uh, manages our two kids right now, like a three and a half year old and a five month old. Mm-hmm. And I'm working in and out. My schedule's you know all fluctuating, but we try to do everything we can to take care of them, keep them safe, have yeah. a lot of fun. Three kids is a lot. No, and that's why I love uh, Kelsey. I mean, she can definitely expand upon it. But I mean, she's uh, literally taking care of her kids. Like me, I'm lucky. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I have my, my great wife uh, for sure, and, and uh, she uh, takes care of that. But Kelsey's literally taking care of her kids yeah. while still uh, selling 80 homes a year. So, <laughs> you want to tell us about that, Kelsey? Um, I mean, it's yeah, it's I, I, obviously I, I'm a mom, so there's a, a little bit more responsibility tied to it. Um, and you know, my boys are 15 months apart, so two and three years old, um, just big handfuls. And, um, and that's it. Just, you know, Jonathan's been coaching me through this and saying, 
goodness for him because he's just incredible. Um, and that was my, you know, my challenge. I had to figure out how to just compartmentalize everything and then allow for the things that I can't control. Um, you know, I'm, my kid's going to get sick one night. I'm going to have to figure out how to make up the time somewhere, you know, and then I, I basically tackle what I can when I can and um, focus. And then when I can, I have to, I have to make sure that I, I, I'm there for my family. And it's been especially, you know, a, a challenge now because my husband's essential. So it's, uh, it's me and the boys. But we're doing great. And our team is so positive. I mean, we huddle every morning, you know, we speak to each other. And I think that's one of the biggest things that has really helped me get through this is I'm just surrounded by positive, um, you know, gritty people. That's nice. And, you know, being a mom and, you know, you have two kids and they're two and three, it's a lot of work. And that at that age, they're not, they're not self-sufficient yet. So then you're always spending a lot of time with them and you want to spend every minute with them. I'm sure, you know, like I, I would love to spend every single second if I can with them and it's hard to balance it, but you know, being able to be there right now, especially during this time and seeing them and taking care of them, keeping the home safe, uh, teaching them like every night, my ritual is every night I'll read as many books as I can until we get tired. I'll read like one to five books in like a hundred pages. And my point of it is, is that even if they're five months old or they're three and a half years old, the more that you can read to them every single day, the more they'll learn. Um, one article I read before is like, we actually did, did this and it actually works. We started from day one when they're born, we started reading books every night to them. And what happens is they say that your kid uh, by three or four, he'll understand like 25,000 words versus a person, a parents who can't have the time to do that, they'll understand about 5,000 words. Absolutely. So it, it makes a big difference. And we've, kind of proven that because we did it to our kid and uh at three and a half years old his articulation his uh, vocabulary is really um really exponential um compared to other kids in the same age group um they can talk and speak but when you hear him he'll talk in paragraphs he'll talk all day he'll tell you all these different crazy ideas and just share life with you and like wow i, I didn't even think about that i even you know you understand like even today he understands that shelter in place he understands that oh you can't go outside you, you'll get sick people need to wear masks they need to wear gloves they need to wash their hands if they don't what happens is you can bring it back home you know and get your brother sick you know and like he said okay we, i understand that's why we're not going out and he hasn't complained about 60 days already you know 70 days he hasn't said nothing. He said, that's fine. Yep. But they, they understand, right? Kids understand more than we think they understand. And that reading thing is huge. I mean, uh, I'm all about the reading at night for sure. Uh, I read, like you said, three or four books a night. Uh, and the other book uh, that, that actually, uh, for Finley is uh, my, uh, one of my younger ones. Uh, he's three years old. And uh, what we've been doing with him too is these find a, um, like find a picture th uh, books. And uh, we give him a list of things and he'll find it. And he'll find out stuff before me. And I'm like, that, that's really, really, really cool. <laughs> it is. It, it is a great way. And then um, if you try, for example, like giving them the mazes, all the mazes to draw and all these um, different picture books and everything, they'll start picking up so fast and they even finish it faster than you will just because mm -hmm. their mind is so clear and open. They can just focus on that one thing. Yeah. It's amazing to see. And like being home to teach them, like uh, balancing real estate with that and being family and teaching your kids at the same time is a lot of work and you know it's tough to say hey i'm gonna spend time doing all real estate and leave my kids outside right you yeah. know so like every minute we get so that the part of that the point of that is also like how do we prioritize how do we focus how do we keep on track on what we really need to do what should be delegated to um to other people to do what we shouldn't really do today right and if we can't do it today everyone understands we're in shelter in place it's, it's definitely a huge challenge and to kind of balance life now in a different norm do you think this is a new normal that you're going to keep seeing 
Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I tell my team every single day, this is a new normal. Don't, don't ever say that when this gets back to normal, cause it's not, uh, yeah. it's just not, um, we're in it. Like we're in the new normal. So, so get it, get it done. And whether it's family, whether it's work, I mean, everything's about over communication, just communication in general. So, uh, it's okay. If your kid is in your zoom call with you, um, it's okay. If you're on the phone negotiating with a client and your kid interrupts, um, it's okay. Um, just, uh, just let the clients know, Hey, this is life. Um, if you can't accept life, um, then there's, deeper stuff that you need to focus on. Um, so, uh, but most of the people are fine with everything. I think for the majority, I would say 99% are fine with that. 99% probably do have family, they have kids, they understand the kids. There's like the 1% who hate it and that's totally up to them, but I don't have to, our choices, we don't have to work with them. If they're gonna be like, we understand like, hey, we're doing everything we can to help serve you. And if you don't appreciate that, we're stuck in shelter in place. My kids are right here in the background. I'm doing a graduation video announcing the new, uh, you know, P uh, Pennsylvania's open again, and the yeah, kid hops in. I love it. It's like that's that's normal. That's life. You gotta enjoy that and like let them be a part of it, right? Like who cares if my kid hops in the video? Just hi, say hi, say what's going on, how are you, right? Exactly. If you can't handle that, then maybe we shouldn't be talking. You know, that's fine. I'm okay. I'm here to help serve everyone. If you don't want to be a part of that, that's your choice. Yeah, and that's proven you guys have proven it you guys helped two thousand people imagine how how many clients you guys have throughout all the years you've been in business you said over 10 plus years right yeah we have 90, clients yeah ninety thousand. so when are you gonna have a party for ninety thousand clients uh well we can't because we can't have any group <laughs> gatherings um, yeah <laughs> we'll get tables uh, noodles and sit six feet apart and have ninety thousand people here at a party <laughs> that, that's a lot of clients that's a lot of great community and people appreciate that and see you. I'm sure when you walk around, everyone kind of knows who you guys are and that mm -hmm. you're, you're helping them. Yeah. But yeah, definitely parties are, um, you know, pre precip. This is a great way. People uh, I actually know some agents. They did parties. They started with in real estate, like, Hey, one, five, 10, and they got to 5,000. <laughs> they had a party for 5,000 of, of their clients. That's awesome. I'm like, wow. And I was like, he's, he just kept building it bigger and bigger every year. Like, hey, let's just keep doing this because it's growing and he's building a whole event planning uh, team yeah. and making a commitment to providing back to his community. And That's like awesome. the power, the exponential power of helping your clients that way and to create a, a network and helping each other refer each other and build build a community. So if you get 90,000, you basically, how many people are, you said there's uh, 600,000. So you're almost there. <laughs> we're almost there. Yeah, we had we had a dinner the other night uh, with uh, with our team, and uh, there's about five, a little over five hundred people on a Zoom call um, with a dinner um, on that. So five hundred. Um, so it was a, it was pretty cool. Five hundred is a lot of people. Imagine if they're just all talking at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't do that. But you can split them up. Actually, you can split them up into different rooms too, if you yeah. want to do like different yeah. table rooms, and they can just chat with each other, and you can combine them back again. <laughs> That's a pretty cool feature that uh, Zoom has. It is. It's great for trainings and just great for role plays. And yeah, it's just great overall. And even for your office, for you and your office, you guys are, I'm sure with your agents, you guys are adapting to that and trying to get used to Zoom. Mm -hmm. There's even Google Meet now and there's uh, Facebook Messenger, the rooms now. You can do public rooms. You can do private rooms. It's a pretty cool feature, like um, public rooms. Imagine if you just left the open 24-7 and people can, random people can hop in and out. So they yeah. can join your conversation. And that's kind of a cool concept. Like, hey, I'm just walking to you. I saw you next door. I'm going to hop in and talk to you. 
So a lot of our team members right now, like our marketing team, they're all over the country right now. So we have uh, marketing people in Florida. We have one out in Denver, Colorado. And it's exactly what happens is that they have just an open meeting room uh, and it's open all day long. You can jump in and jump out whenever you want. Um, obviously during a meeting, it'll be closed and it'll say it's uh, a meeting's going on. Um, but any other time you can just jump in, jump out, talk to them just like you're there. And uh, yeah, you just have to respect the time because uh, sometimes uh, the Colorado guy is about three hours behind. And you just got to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, so like, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about social media marketing. Like uh, you guys, you know, helping serve all these clients. We talked about the virtual worlds, but now in marketing, like, are you guys doing video marketing? You guys doing social media marketing, both? Uh, a little bit. Um, it's actually one of our uh, things that we're honestly we're a little bit weaker at, and uh, we've been getting uh, uh, better and better at it. Um, but for us, radio and television has always been the number one bread and butter for us, uh, at least in our local markets. Um, so that's really where we built our brands, um, and uh, and then just client referrals in general. We we, we create yeah. such a wow experience for them uh, that they're naturally just coming to us and naturally just feeding off that. Uh, but that's something that we've been working on really over the last uh, uh, say six to eight months uh, is really start to build uh, that. The, the social media end of it. Nice. So, for example, you already have a good base. You already have proven results. You keep adding, you know, fuel to the fire, and right. now you add on to the new platforms, the social media platforms, the um, the video platforms, the virtual platforms. And by doing that, you're able to, you know, reengage your clients in different ways. You're able to actually um, provide value that way and content, especially number one ish uh, thing that agents need to provide is a lot of great content. You're saying so many great things a day. You're talking about the markets every day, but putting it into video format and resharing it and being able to reshare and be global now. Like, for example, like this call right now, this is a global call. Everyone can see it. They can replay it forever. They can share it to anyone they want. They can, you know, see you and hear you and, you know, visually, you know, connect with you, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're just doing text, um, radios, it's like one way, you know, and I can't see you. I don't know who you are. I don't know. How, but now I can actually see you. I can tie in your voice with your face, with your emotions, right? And how great you are at helping people exactly. and connect with you. So we, we find that a lot of value. And we're trying to teach our agents how to do more video marketing, uh, create all the content. Mm -hmm. Here's all the ideas, topics. Here's things you should talk about. And just be yourself. That's it. But by switching to that and moving forward, and you can start seeing the results from that, you can start improving it. And uh, we think it's really great and it helps a lot in terms of building your brand and tying in, if you want to tie in search um, search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you had your website up and running, you have all your videos you're posting. And I see you, Jonathan, you're posting a lot of great YouTube videos right now. You're talking a lot of uh, about a lot of great things and continue doing that. What happens is on YouTube, you need minimum of 36 videos before you start even counting of any value to YouTube, to search engines. And the more, the longer content format content you can get and the quality of um, time on, time on video, the more value you'll start making higher. And you can see people start scaling quickly when they start doing these certain traits. So like one of our agents, she's killing it on YouTube. She's, we told her, here's the goals. Here's what you do. Just do it. We say do one a week. She did 10 this week. I'm like, and she's like, I can't, I'm tired. I can't, I need to sleep. I'm like, I didn't tell you to do 10 videos and your videos are like one minute to eight minutes long. And they're so good that she's generating so much business from that. I'm like, wow. It's working yeah. and her she's skyrocketing her um, view count right now that's awesome yeah and, and one thing you gotta pay attention to is what the the social media places are advertising so for example facebook is advertising right now mm -hmm. about their three minute long videos or three minute plus videos and uh the algorithms that they have are, are so smart that you don't want to mess with the algorithms anymore um and they're, they're forcing you not to mess with the algorithms so um, but they're telling you hey um create content that's more than three minutes and we will self-promote this higher than anything else so guess what you should do? 
create a video that's more than three minutes, and that should be super engaging in that first minute to make sure that they get past that three-minute mark. So. Exactly. And you actually get to understand anal- analytics behind all this. Like in radio and newspapers and uh, uh, physical formats, you don't get to understand the full analytics behind it. But on your video, you can say, hey, within the first seven seconds, everyone left. Okay, what did I do wrong? You know. Yeah. And then later you learn, okay, there's thing one minute. What happened after the one minute? But you got to start understanding that and adding value. You can start seeing demographic data, uh, age data, and locations. So you can figure out, okay, these and the topics too. Like this topic is great. I thought this one was great. I spent one hour on it and no one watched it. Oh, that sucks. You know? Yeah. And it's getting easier too. And we talked about that before too. Like, um, you know, content marketing versus uh, documentation. Like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about that a lot. The more you can just document your life, especially Kelsey and Jonathan, like you guys do so many deals. If you document the process throughout, like, hey, here's behind the scenes. Here's me going to open house. Here's me prepping for, you know, a new listing and shelter in place and uh, preparing how to clean the house and everything. And just providing these videos and putting like how-to videos, FAQ videos, um, and just different basics on buying, selling, investing, uh, lending, and just tying it to your website, tying it to your YouTube, into your Facebook. You become like your own personal search engine for your area and that adds a lot of value to everyone because you don't have to ask me again like for myself i'm actually i have a a website called avant university and i'm creating 195 courses and i'm giving it to all my agents and basically it talks about everything from marketing sales tech all the applications out there how to use it it's all written all pictured and it's going to be added video to it so that they don't have to ask me every day how do you do this because some of my documents are one page to 100 pages on how to do something because I had trained a thousand engineers. I'm like, how do I train a thousand engineers? I document everything I do and show you, and I can build it in throughout life and people can have access to it. Mm-hmm. Here's the link. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can't read it, follow it, watch a video, then uh, maybe you shouldn't be here. You know, yeah. Come back to me and ask me the questions after. Come you. back after you look at it, right? And that saves you so much time, but you're actually giving more value by doing that too. Mm-hmm. You're giving them what they need without waiting for you and without having to you to re-explain it a hundred times. So like, how do you 10X your business is kind of like the Grant Cardone method. Those ways of video marketing and engaging is 10Xing your content, your value, right? Mm-hmm. So like, what else we want to talk about today? We want to talk about like, um, you mentioned restrictions on title agencies. Is there anything, any restrictions right now? Um, uh, gone? No, <laughs> no, they're basically all gone uh, right now. Um, the only restrictions right now is making sure that all the counties are opening up mm-hmm. for uh, tax certifications. Um, and make sure. Uh, other than that, I mean, that's a very minute detail, but other than that, no. Are the counties actually um, back? I mean, the like records are back open, so you can actually record. You can record. You can. Re- you could have recorded the, throughout the whole time. No, some oh, counties were completely shut down. Okay, um, they shut down. Yeah, and it was county by county basis, at least in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and to preface all of this, I mean, there's still businesses, unfortunately, just suffering out there uh, with a lot of different things. Um, and uh, luckily, real estate's an industry that the governor uh, came out and said, uh, it used to drive me nuts when I go to a grocery store or go to a Home Depot or Lowe's or something, and there's a line out the door, yet I can't even show a vacant home or take a photo of a vacant home. That, that was just driving me nuts. Uh, yeah, that wasn't fair at all. I didn't understand that. Um, but I mean, there's a time place place for everything. But um, <laughs> with all that, um, yeah, there's just still a lot of like, just from the local economy, there's still a lot of suffering from a local business standpoint, a lot of uh, suffering. So um, yeah, we're lucky um, for sure. Um, we'll, we'll count our blessings on that. Um, and the only thing we can do is continue to support our community, obviously help our home buyers and home sellers, but then also just support our local businesses, support our, our, our local community, especially in this time where, where they're not able to do anything. I mean, I still can't get a haircut. I can't still do anything. 
of that. Um, so your hair, your hair looks good though. Well, you, you don't see the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a party in the back, you know. It's nice and clean on the sides. A party all back there. You cut it yourself too? No, you don't. I cut my own myself actually. It's just oh, wow. all you do is get a razor. You use uh, three grades of the razor, like for example, a twelve, nine, and six, and then you yeah. go up first, and then next one, and next one, and you can fade it all clean. And the back, you just squeak this, <laughs> and it works. You know, and then you just cut the, the top with um, trimmers and everything. Oh, yeah. I actually cut my kids' hair since they're born, so it's actually pretty easy now. I just had to figure out how to do it yourself without looking at mirrors. <laughs> yeah. so it was a challenge, but it got through it, you know? <laughs> it feels better being clean, too, you know? know. She used to have really short hair. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her hair looks good. It probably gets heavier, right? You can't cut it for a while. It gets heavier. Yeah, I am on strict orders, though. My hairdresser is like, do not try to cut this. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You don't want to mess all her, all her work she did, you know? <laughs> Like, exactly. when are you coming over to my house and cut it for me i'll pay you <laughs> we're talking about like underground uh, haircut stylists come over you know and we'll plan it out so you can cut our hairs <laughs> but hopefully they can go back to business i know they're still closed right now and it's been a long time for them and there's they're suffering they're paying rent their yeah. landlords aren't giving them any you know free most of them aren't giving any free rents no not at all and that's that's all those industry would feel i mean just from a real estate perspective i mean the commercial uh industry is just gonna be hammered and crushed i mean it already is um but uh yeah it's unfortunate to, to see a lot of that happening right now you see a lot of um, offices closing down a lot of uh, restaurants closing down and other businesses right unfortunately Unfortunately, yeah, and I think that that commercial space is going to be a huge change. And even if they open back up, I'm wondering how do they do social distancing within a small space? Like, for example, if you had like um, let's say 20 feet by 20 feet as an example, how would you get people in there and you know keep it everyone apart and keep it clean every day, every session? So, so a fun fact in Pennsylvania, um, so they haven't opened it up at least in our county yet, um, but uh, we're. I see our mayor taking initiative on this. Um, so we live in, in a local area called Easton. And what the mayor is going to be doing is, to your point, is these restaurants, when they open it back up, it's usually got 25% capacity. And yes, yeah, some of these restaurants can only hold like 30, 40 people in the max. And it's like, if you open up up at 25% capacity, it won't even matter about opening it because they, they won't be able to make any money. So what he's doing is a lot of these are, and we have a downtown area that has a little circle in it. And uh, what he's able to do is he actually going to close down that circle uh, to traffic. And then he's going to allow the restaurants to get into the streets um, to expand their footprint outside. Um, so it'll, obviously we're going into the summer months here in Pennsylvania. So uh, it'll be a nice uh, 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 ability to go outside and, and have a nice uh, little dinner once everything opens back up. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see that. I heard Berkeley's doing that over here. And also like um, in June 1st too, they just announced that Napa County is actually opening up restaurants, dine-in restaurants, and they're opening up schools again. So mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see. For me, as with kids, I'm actually going to wait two months to see what happens and hopefully nothing bad happens. But yeah. I don't want to be the first person to test it out to see what happens for my kids. At least for myself, it's different. For my kids, I would not want to test it out, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's going to be a big change. And But I heard even last night, like um, China had a second wave and they had like, um, they're, they're trying to close down 104 million people and put and they had 120 new cases just pop up. So wow. trying to isolate it and find back out again, like they had everything back open and now yeah. they're shutting everything back down. Wow. wow. So it's like, okay, well, what do we do? This is a new norm. Are we going to keep opening and shutting? Are we going to keep our kids home forever? Exactly. Yeah. And nobody knows. Um, and that's what uh, worries me sometimes about the real estate industry. I mean, we're going to see a huge boom in sales uh, over the next month. It's just, just going to be natural. But what's going to happen when all these forbearances come into play? What's going to happen when uh, the fall happens and uh, all, 
all of these uh, unemployment rates really catch up to us, uh, what's going to really happen. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, because they talked about the forbearance and this over 4 million people mm -hmm. in the in the country, right? That's a that's a lot of people. Yeah, uh, we're going to have to wait for the effect to take at least three to six months to see what happens. And if people are going to start calling the loans and even if they can refinance, do they even have a job anymore? Exactly. And how's that going to work? And, you know, hopefully the market doesn't crash, but technically you're aiming all the right direct same direction. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of companies are all shutting down their offices. They're going online. They're trying to cut costs and hopefully save money and save jobs. But a lot of companies like Airbnb just laid off Uber, uh, you know, a big percentage. Uber and everyone else is laying off huge percentages. Mm -hmm. So my well, tech friends. Is that people are that are coming back into their business um, and coming back into uh, uh, work. Um, the nice thing about these mortgage companies is that they're able to get back to their loans immediately. So there's no long waiting period anymore. Um, they're able to actually get back uh, and uh, uh, buy the home right away. Okay, nice. I'm glad and I hope that we continue pushing forward and that we can, you know, the jobs at least stay and that we can keep building upon it. And especially like uh, Facebook and other companies like tech companies and online cloud companies are hiring like crazy right now. They can afford to hire and just find ways to keep it social distance, work from home, work from anywhere and do that so hopefully we all can go uh, for example people can go there and get jobs there rather than the physical ones here yep um but yeah right now i think that's about wraps it up for today i want to definitely catch up with you guys more soon uh how can we reach out to you guys uh go to facebook.com oh, facebook.com but yeah you go to <laughs> facebook uh, and uh, just look up dlp realty and uh, we, we're posting a ton of uh, content on there um obviously go to uh, uh Facebook and just look up Kelsey, look up Jonathan, look up our, our personal profiles. I'm happy to help anybody out there. Uh, that's our mantra. I mean, uh, we're, we're always solution minded. Um, so yeah, any, any questions anybody has, just reach out to either uh, her or I and uh, knock it out. So definitely, I know like for us, if we have any clients to refer to you guys or and talk to you, Kelsey and Jonathan over in Pennsylvania and uh, recommend and refer you business over there and for you guys sure. are doing what you guys need to do to help and you guys have proven results. Um, definitely here. So everyone else out there, uh, check us out. We have interviews online, our mastermind events, and you can go to youtube.matthewma.com for more information and see Jonathan, Kelsey, and along with all of our other clients and uh, interviews we have with a guest uh, next week we'll have um, real producers magazine editor-in-chief for San Mateo County Santa Clara County he'll be on uh, Mitchell Felix I'm excited to have him here next week uh, we'll be discussing everything on and he talks a lot about with a lot of great top producer agents around the area and he'll be sharing some experiences with that but we look forward to seeing you guys soon and we'll catch up soon and have a great day awesome thanks Matt. bye thanks, Matt. Let's see.